Welcome to episode number 145 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording right here in beautiful Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Support for this episode comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling. They are reminding you to reduce, reuse, recycle, and compost wherever you live. And avoid using those single-use products. And remember to bring your reusable bags whenever you go shopping. Also, support for this episode comes from the Jackson Hole Marketplace, Deli and Bottle Shop. Whenever you're thinking of breakfast and lunch, they are the place to go and guaranteed to build certain yum for your belly. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. I'm Stephen Clark Abrams, your host. Thank you to everybody who's tuning in as a regular listener. And thank you to all you new listeners. One thing that I ask of you before we get started is to get out there and share this podcast with friends and family so they can all learn something new and experience stories from individuals. The people sharing their stories are the same people we see walking around town, hiking on the trails and fishing on the lakes. I feel we all have a story to share and I really wanna bring you stories which you will connect with and it's gonna add good energy to your day. My guest today is Dr. John Zindler. Dr. Zindler or John, he is a longtime resident who helps people remain in motion. He's also a person who's had to learn how to move again on his own. John has a story which inspires and motivates me each day. He was presented with a life-threatening and life-changing event, and he has worked each day to overcome great hurdles, which he's gonna share with us in just a moment. John is a committed community member, father and husband, and I'm so grateful for John for taking the time to speak with us today. And this interview will help us all find some inspiration by learning from another person's story. John, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. Wonderful to see you and be able to sit down and interview you in, in person. Thank you for asking me. You betcha. I like to start everything off, all the interviews off, by hearing your story of how you landed here in Jackson Hole. So share with us all, what is your connection? How did you end up getting here, John? Well, to be truthful, it wasn't any part of my doing. I met my wife scuba diving, and we both were living in other different places. I was living uh, in Ohio where I was practicing. My wife, Deborah, was uh, in Santa Monica, California. We both didn't want to stay where we were at. Mm -hmm. and Deborah always wanted to live in a mountain town. So we decided to travel around and see where we wanted to go. We thought about Taos. Uh, we were there for seven days skiing. And unfortunately, the second day I separated my shoulder, so that was kind of a bad omen. <laughs> uh, we thought about Telluride. That was just too small. Boulder was too big. So we came to Jackson in March one year. And uh, you know, typical March weather, it's cloudy, you can't see the mountains. And I came out for three days and Deborah came out uh, like a few days before to do some recon. And I was here uh, for three days and didn't see the mountains. And I remember Deborah taking me downtown to Mangelson's Gallery and seeing this huge panoramic view of the Teton. She says, that's out there. Mm -hmm. And the last night I was there, the sky broke, saw the mountains. And I think it was like a month later we were out here. No kidding. That, that fast. It was quick. That's awesome. It was. Uh, and compare what the picture was what you saw in Mangelson's gallery to what you saw in person that last day. How did, how did that make you feel? Did it, I mean, was I just, it different? I mean, when I first got there, I could have been in a cornfield in Iowa. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but to see the sun come out and see the mountains, it was just phenomenal. Just had a great feeling for it. I, I know for me, it never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what keeps me going sometimes is especially the sunrises. Yeah. Over the mountains. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Mountains, I mean, it's just it's so amazing uh, in this valley. You could be in one area and the mountains look totally different. Mm-hmm. You go to another place, they're just so much different. So true. So now how many years have you and your wife been here? Uh, we've been here for 26 years now. Cool. We're here in 95, April of 95. And for the 26 years, um, you guys raised a family. We did. We adopted a son from Powell, Wyoming. So moving here, raising a child, and you're also a business owner. Um, you're a doctor. I am. And what is your practice? I am a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Been in practice for 26 years here now. And how have you seen this community embrace the medicine of chiropractic? I think chiropractic is a, a very important profession here. Uh, most people here are very active people. Um, Jackson's not a great place to have an injury or be able not to, to exercise. And everybody is looking for a more holistic way of dealing with their problems and treating the problem, not just covering up symptoms. And in the, in the world of medicine that you, you are in, what are some of the injuries that you see on that holistic treatment that you help people with? Well, as a chiropractor, most people think of chiropractors as back doctors, which we are. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most common injury we see is low back pain. Nine out of 10 people sometime in their lifetime will experience some significant bout of back pain, followed by neck and then mid-back things, injuries. In addition to being a chiropractor, uh, I've also pursued postgraduate fellowship in orthopedics and sports medicine. So other than just treating the spine, I treat a lot of other things involving the extremities, shoulders, wrists, ankles, knees, hips, which the normal chiropractic position. And why does the normal chiropractor not get into that? And hence you going for that additional uh, studies? In school, we're mainly taught uh, just treatment of the spine. Mm-hmm. Unless you specialize in something other than like orthopedics or sports medicine. But in the chiropractic field, we have different specialties like we would in the, in the medical field, orthopedics, sports, most chiropractors that want to really specialize in treatments take postgraduate training in those fields. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you doing what you do for the community and keeping us healthy. <laughs> Try to. <laughs> and there was one point where you had to take a break in your practice and take care of yourself for a little bit. And it was a life-changing event. Would you like to share that story with us? Sure. Uh, as a result of having a very active life in Jackson Hole, uh, I started having a lot of knee problems. And I decided to get a knee replacement, which I did. Uh, two weeks later, it became infected. And I spent the next year on IV antibiotics uh, to the point where my physician said that I should either lose my leg or lose my life. Oh, no. So it wasn't a hard decision to make. But definitely, uh, it was a total sea change in my life moving out here wanting to be active, skiing, biking, hiking, going to absolutely doing nothing for over a year and a half besides sitting on the couch, not being able to work. And 
what caused the, the doctors know what caused the infection and why it remained? Uh, it was very, it was strep and staph infection. It wasn't, uh, it just it was without responding to any type of uh, antibiotics. It wasn't MRSA. And the wound would never heal. Mm. Uh, the wound dehisced, which means uh, it just opened up and it just wouldn't uh, close up. So it became an optimal state for additional uh, infection. Mm. Mm. And you said that you were very active before you had this surgery to just pretty routine surgery to replace your knee. What were the things that you were doing to stay active in this town? Um, big skier, mm -hmm. um, big road biker, hiker, water skier. After the second, I like just totally became very sedentary. Mm -hmm. And you decided to have your leg amputated. You're here. You saved your life. And which which leg was amputated? It was my right leg. Your right leg. And what activities do you do now? Well, thankful again for my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife uh, was very instrumental in getting me active again. As I said, I was a big road biker. Um, she got me a hand cycle, which totally was a, a godsend because I was now able to get out and do something on my own, be out in the beauty of Jackson Hole. That in, my, in the summertime now is my primary activity. Uh, it's biking. Mm -hmm. Some of the trails that we have here in Jackson, which are just amazing. Almost like 71 miles of trails that just give me a, a new lease on life to get out and experience Jackson. And is that all paved trails that yeah. you stay on? Yes. You, are you I did start um, through Teton Adaptive Sports. They do have adapted mountain bikes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did start mountain biking last year, which is... I never mountain bike before. Uh, the first time I was able to mountain bike, uh, adaptive bike was the first time I was able to get myself in the backcountry. That was cool. pretty amazing. And free. Yes. <laughs> and what about in the winter? Are you skiing? I am skiing. Um, <laughs> that was the first thing I started doing um, called three track skiing, where you uh, ski on one ski and you have two outriggers that have to ski on which I always thought was going to be so easy because I was taught uh, to ski on one ski to learn to edge. Mm -hmm. I still remember the first day I went up there, this is going to be cake. It took me an hour and a half to come down to that. No kidding. I just couldn't figure it out. My wife said, you know, you get up tomorrow, you take a lesson. So I did take a lesson through adaptive sports. Mm -hmm. and within probably 20 minutes, I was doing laps in Tewanot. Nice. Uh, that is another thing just giving me some some life to be able to get back on the mountain. And now... How much of the mountain are you covered? Um, I've skied everything as long as uh, the conditions are right. Mm -hmm. I skied the bowl, but not as good as I used to. Uh, but I got down it. Uh, powder off-piste uh, is the hardest. So now when we have a big dump, I'm always looking for groom trails as mm -hmm. compared to off-piste. So. But the conditions are right. It's hard packed, icy, and coverable. How cool. So with... Having this new lease on life, um, what is how has that helped you begin helping others who've gone through something similar? I first met uh, the person that started Adapt uh, Teton Adaptive Sports, uh, who said, uh, "You know, you're going to be able to get out skiing again." Mm -hmm. And he was very instrumental in getting me out uh, and to attempt to ski again. Mm -hmm. So since then, I've become a a board member for T-Town Adaptive Sports. It's just started about a year ago. 
which is a fantastic organization uh, whose main focus is getting people all abilities uh, to be able to go out and recreate in the outdoors. Uh, they have different programs. They have hand cycles. Uh, they've got mountain bikes now. They have worked with different uh, businesses here in Jackson uh, to uh, get handicapped or disabled people out uh, on the river. Uh, we're just starting this year uh, paragliding for handicapped people or people with disabilities. So it's just phenomenal. Uh, it's done so much for me that I want to give back. So I was asked to be on the board and I just jumped at the chance. Good for you, John. Thank you um, for, for being a part of that uh, instrumental and important organization. And, and I really want to hear more about your, your cycling and your skiing, and but also with Teton Adaptive Sports. We're going to have a quick break and have a word from one of our sponsors, and we're going to be right back. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling wants to remind you to bring your reusable bags with you whenever you go shopping for groceries or your favorite store around town. Those reusable bags are great for the environment and your wallet. Remember, keep those bags washed so your produce doesn't get yucky. We've already saved millions of bags from the waste stream. We can keep doing it by using reusable bags. Also available is food waste composting and yard waste composting at the trash transfer station facilities. Call 733-7678 for up-to-date hours of operation. And additional support comes from the vault of Jackson Hole, Jackson Hole's only climate-controlled wine storage facility and offering temperature-controlled storage for businesses as well. Call 307-248-6392 to connect today. John, welcome back. We were just talking about Teton Adapt Sports, how you just recently joined the board there. Correct. And I'm interested to hear what Teton Adaptive Sports does for members of the community and and how it works. Um, because, you know, for somebody that has both my legs that function, um, I couldn't imagine um, not having functionality of both legs. But as you said, you have a new lease on life. So what is Teton Adaptive Sports approach for people with disabilities and, and getting them outside to enjoy the wonders of life. Most of the people uh, contact Teton uh, Adaptive Sports um, and say they either have a friend or they have a family member that's uh, had some type of an injury. Uh, it can be a traumatic injury. It can be some type of a birth problem, Down syndrome, things like that. Um, it can be a disease process, Parkinson's patients that uh, I had a very close friend that was a huge skier out here, kayaker, for a number of years who couldn't get out uh, and do anything. Uh, yeah, so they got him out skiing with an adaptive structure when he couldn't ski on his own. They had some other uh, equipment that they uh, used to allow him to ski. So there are many different types of disabilities or handicaps that Teton Adaptive Sports can help patients or people get out to be active again. We have, uh, as far as Every, we have a weekly cycling ride where people that um, are using adaptive equipment or they can use the equipment at the office that we have that can get out and do a weekly ride. Wintertime, they have uh, ski programs uh, that is offered through Jackson Hole that they have ski instructors that will teach handicapped people how to uh, get back to skiing again. And Teton Adaptive Sports, it doesn't uh, have instructors uh, that teach um, 
what they do is they buy the equipment for the village, the skis, outriggers, um, and other equipment for winter sports. And they give that money or give those uh, things to the village and they have their own instructors. Okay. And like um, for uh, being on the river, uh, we've um, come out uh, where we've gone out and certified people to take uh, people out on the river. So it's not us doing the work, it's we're uh, engaging other businesses so that when a family comes to town and they say, you know, we have a, a son or a daughter that is disabled, uh, the whole family can do something together. So not be able to do something because one of their family members uh, is disabled. I guess the beautiful part about how much people care for each other, that it shows that um, even with a disability, there's always a way to get you out there to be part of the same fun activities as anybody else is having. Right. I remember when I first lost my leg, I would uh, sit out on our deck and look at the mountain and say, I'll never be there again, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very disconcerting uh, mm -hmm. thing that she'll never be able to do some things that you used to do, but uh, working with some of the people at Teton Sports and seeing how people that have far worse things going on than I mm -hmm. uh, are able to get out and still recreate and do things is pretty amazing. Now, was your wife part of, it sounds like she was very integral of you getting off the couch and finding a path to recreating again. Was she the person that connected you with Teton Adaptive Sports? You know, I had heard of Teton Adaptive Sports before, mm -hmm. um, but Deborah was definitely the person that, um, is another thing that was really hard for us is that we did everything together. We skied together, we biked together. Uh, she didn't have a partner to do anything with, so... Mm -hmm. She was forced to find other people to go out and recreate with. And yeah, I guess she got tired of me moping around and not doing anything. <laughs> and, uh, she was a godsend. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're going to get you skiing. And then summertime, we're going to get you on a bike. Mm -hmm. and now I'm uh, so happy. Talk about a beautiful love story and the connection that you never have that you met just scuba diving, recreating, and you found Jackson finally together, and within a month you move here. You raise a family together. This tragic accident or you know mishap with surgery happens, and she's there with you the whole way and saying, "No, I'm not going to let you just mope around the house." She's she's there with you. She was definitely my godson. That's all my recovery to her getting me back up and getting me to believe I can outside and do things again that's a great blessing to have that, that love and that connection for, for you i'm i'm glad that you have that thank you yeah i want to talk more about teton adaptive sports if we can because sure. i can see and hear from you what it's what it's done for you and um it's it's remarkable to think that somebody with a handicap could go out on to mountain bike trails and, and mountain bike as well. And it just shows that a handicap might have you live your life a little differently, but doesn't say that it prevents you from living a full life. Right. I mean, I was, I was in those shoes. I was, I mean, my life is over. Mm -hmm. um, I will never be any fragment of what I was before. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still remember the first day I got on my hand cycle or the day I was able to take a mountain bike and get myself in the backcountry. Uh, it was just such an amazing experience. It's just like, I didn't have a disability. Mm -hmm. uh, that part of my life is no longer uh, not possible for me to do. And what, is there much of a difference between 
your hand cycle and a bike that allows you to ride trails, uh, dirt trails in, in the backcountry? Well, there are um, hand cycles now are becoming uh, electric assisted, mm-hmm. you know, like electric bikes. So these bikes, they do have just manual bikes for uh, mountain biking, like mm-hmm. downhill biking. And they also have uh, these electric assisted bikes that you can um, go uphill and find more arduous terrain. Last summer, uh, I did like the downhill course of the village, which the village has been, and Target have been very great in making their trails wider, more accessible to adaptive athletes. Oh, it's fabulous. Uh, it's just crazy going downhill. I've never done any type of downhill mountain biking, but on a downhill adaptive bike, it's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. Um, I don't, I can't say I've done any downhill biking, but I've done some mountain biking and it's, um, it's a thrill for sure. It is. Yeah. Especially the trails that the village has. It's pretty crazy. I've, I haven't ridden much of their trails, but I've heard they're quite remarkable. <laughs> they're quite amazing things. So tell me, do you know much about the kayaking, how they help people or, or actually let's talk about, the number, do you know the number of people that Teton Adaptive Sports helps each year? No, I wish I did have that information. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. But I know through the Ski School for Kids, that's a very active program in the wintertime. And the number of tourists that come here and learn about Teton Adaptive Sports do not know the exact number of Okay. Number. And, and like you said, if families are coming out and there's somebody in their family who has a handicap. Teton Adaptive Sports helps the entire family Correct. go out and recreate. Correct. Because a lot of times, you know, families come out and they have a child or maybe one of the parents are disabled. Uh, it really limits what you know, the family can do together. Mm-hmm. Uh, vacation, that's what they're here for. So they can contact Teton Adaptive Sports and Teton Adaptive Sports can put them uh, in contact with running river sports, um, I just mentioned we're starting to do uh, adaptive paragliding, which is going to be a pretty cool thing. It's going to start here real soon. Or they can come and rent a bike, an uh, adaptive bike, take with them. Uh, or ride. Is Teton Adaptive Sports picking up some of these practices from around the country or around the, the world as far as other organizations helping people with handicaps? Uh, there are you know, uh, many adaptive sports programs. Most major mountains have uh, adaptive skiing things. So it's not just something we're doing, but what Teton Adaptive Sports has recently started is uh, certifying businesses in the area to that they can refer uh, people to uh, so they can be involved in different sports that maybe the family would be involved in. Mm-hmm. That's such an amazing blessing to have here, here in this community and for people to still be able to use or take advantage of, of the recreation that we have here. Correct. Um, it's a pretty amazing place to, to be able to do some of those things when you're handicapped. Huge difference in the family vacation. Now, tie in your handicap with being a chiropractor and is part of the medicine that you practice. Does that also help other people who are handicapped with have handicaps continue to be mobile, keep their body functioning the way it should? Certainly, I know myself, uh, walking with a prosthetic leg, uh, it's not as good as having your real leg. Mm -hmm. And that change in my walking gait uh, creates compensational stress throughout the rest of my body. So chiropractic uh, 
goes hand in hand with working with those problems because we're, we're specialists in looking at the biomechanics of the human body and helping correct any imbalances that may be due to some type of compensatory way that you walk or compensatory muscle imbalance that you've developed as a result of disability. Mm-hmm. And how do you ensure that you help your body stay as balanced as possible? Uh, exercise is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, stretching, strength training, seeing a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> Before you had your injury, were you also seeing a chiropractor? Uh, periodically. I mean, kind of sometimes like the shoe cobbler's children go without shoes. Many times we preach that you know, it's very important that you take care of your body, get regular treatment. But unfortunately, things get busy and you sometimes don't practice what you preach, but mm-hmm. uh, try to get as much treatment as you possibly can. Sure. Sure. My job is very physical. It's not like having a desk job. I mean, we're doing a lot of work with patients and moving them around and doing procedures that involve your hands. So you working with people's bodies puts stress on, on your body. Does it put added stress now that you have a prosthetic leg? I've definitely had to modify the way that I practice, mm-hmm. um, different techniques that were taught originally. Um, and throughout your practice, you kind of take those techniques that you're taught and they you kind of change and fit your own body's mechanics, but certainly I've had to change the way that I've done things. Um, I've not a lot of problems with my wrists. I was on um, crutches for almost two years. And it really was hard on my wrists, but just being a chiropractor uh, for 35 years, uh, just repetitive use of your wrists, that too has created a lot of problems. Mm. And who helped you figure out the modifications? Pretty much myself. Yeah. Just through the experience and knowledge that you have. Yeah. Okay. And you just learn to, you know, to be able to do, know what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, some things, you, as I mentioned, that just you know, use a different technique or learn a different technique. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could work on different joints. Now, if somebody, if you needed to do something to your other knee, would you have your other knee replaced now with what you've gone through with your first knee? I mean, I think my knee, my Normal knee now is probably just as bad or even worse as my other knee. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there was a complication that I had uh, called lymphedema. That was probably something that was a major part of why I had this infection. Before I had my knee surgery, I developed something called lymphedema in my non-surgical leg. Uh, one winter, uh, it started, I couldn't get my left boot buckle buckled in my ankle. It was just, my lower leg was really swollen. So Deborah and I were going to go on a diet trip. So I decided that I better go get checked out because I could have like a deep vein thrombosis or something like that, blood clot. And I couldn't figure out the diagnosis is uh, lymphedema, uh, which the surgeon that did my surgery said, now you're not seeing your non-surgical leg. You don't have to uh, worry about that. Um, but your lymphatic system is your body's major system to ward off uh, infections. Mm-hmm. So I had the surgery. Um, my specialty is uh, musculoskeletal medicine. I didn't know anything about lymphedema. So I started doing some research and came across some articles uh, that if you had lymphedema, uh, it puts you at a 32% increased risk of infection, mm. which is pretty surprising to me. But you know, the surgeons said that, you know, this is, wasn't my my surgical knee, uh, but it's the lymphatic system is throughout your entire body mm-hmm. um, and it's a systemic thing. So any th- further surgery, I'm really quite concerned about, uh, especially this being my 
primary, like where the split gate came up. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. so. Yeah. yeah. And so lymphedema, lymphedema, it caused swelling in your left leg exactly. or your ankles, your yep. feet. Correct. Okay. And what are other symptoms of lymphedema? Um, it does have an effect on healing. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't heal as quickly. It takes longer. Uh, it makes you more susceptible to infection mm-hmm. uh, because as the extremity swells, it decreases blood supply to and from that area. So if you do get an infection, uh, your body's less able to fight it off. So your experience, does that get shared with the greater medical community to help other people make decisions and when they're thinking about having a major surgery? I would sure hope so. Uh, I've done a lot of research and lymphedema is just kind of a no man's land. People don't really know enough about it. Mm. Um, and there are some people that are working on research uh, to find a cure or how to treat it. There's just not enough people inflicted with it and enough money going to our research to really come up with some good solutions. Mm. And I would sure hope that people, I know every orthopedic physician in this town I either deal with other patients or they've dealt with me as a patient. Uh, they are all very well-versed in what happened to me. I would, I would hope so. Yeah, I would hope so. So what's, what's the future look like for, for you and, and your family at this point? Yeah, I'm just going to try to keep on keeping on what I can do. Um, skiing, I think, is going to be limited in the next couple of years because it's just too hard on my, my good knee and my wrists. Mm-hmm. So skiing, I think, is going to be. I've started doing some snowshoeing, uh, which is fun. It gets me out in the, the backcountry, but that too can be a little hard on my wrists. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to keep trying to do what I can do and join this my life here in Jackson. Is swimming a possibility? Uh, it could be. Uh-huh. It could be. I haven't really worked on that much. Okay. I, mean, I used to uh, swim quite a bit. I used to uh, compete triathletes. Triathlons. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's a lot of swimming. Yeah. Once I kind of got out of that, I kind of got away from it. Okay. And you, you had a major life-changing event here. And as some words of gratitude and re- reflection as we wrap things up, what would you share with people who are listening today if they are presented with something that they feel is a big challenge or barrier for them in their lives? What, what helped you? One thing I've learned that uh, no matter how hard I think I've got it, there's somebody that's worse off. And it's never give up. I mean, it's a very easy thing to say, but life is still worth living. Uh, and to work to find you know, ways that you can get out and continue with your activity. Um, look to Teton Adaptive Sports if uh, for some reason you've had an injury talk with them because uh, we can definitely uh, provide you ways to still be as active as you want to be. Very good. And of your healing process, you were already very active in the outdoors and it was a life-changing event, but I'd like to know for just being outside in the outdoors, how much do you think that contributed to your recovery? Oh, it was I can't understand. I mean, it was probably the most uh, important thing for me to do to uh, help the healing of mm-hmm. the physical injury, but also the emotional injury that I thought I would never be able to. Once you could find to a wheelchair or 
they'd never be able to get out of the side of the wilderness again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just to be able, as I said, to get out of my bike and look at a, a weed or a flower growing alongside the, the mm. you know, bike trail was just amazing. Yeah. Um, or to get back on skis and to ski terrain that you know, I used to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, it just kind of flipped the switch where I thought I would never be able to get into getting back out there. Mother Nature has um, some remarkable recovery um, antidotes for us all. She does. Yeah. Well, John, this has been fabulous talking to you today. And I so appreciate you sharing your life and your life story. We all have a story and they're all unique. And yours is certainly one for us all to know of and inspire us to to live life as best as we can. And and like you said, never, never give up. Appreciate it. Thank you. And if there's anybody uh, that listens to podcasts that's gone through something um, and you need someone to talk to, I'd be more than willing to, to speak with you. And how can people reach you, John? Uh, they can reach me through my email uh, mm-hmm. at the office, which is chiropracticjacksonhole.com. Okay. Excellent. And Oh, it, I'm sorry. It's, it's Jackson Hole Chiropractic at Yahoo. At Yahoo.com. I'm sorry. You're a Yahooer. Yes, I'm Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to, there's still a few people with Yahoo and AOL accounts out yes. there. It's always good to meet them. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for your generosity with wanting to help other people through their challenging times as well. I appreciate it, John. Thank you. Have a good day. We'll see you soon. Thank you. To learn more about John and his work as a chiropractor, a doctor, and his volunteer work, visit thejacksonholeconnection.com, episode number 145. Thank you, everybody, who keeps this podcast on the air. My wife, Laura, my boys, Lewis and William, Jimbo Rooks, thanks for listening, and my editor and marketing director, Michael Morey. Sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of The Jackson Hole Connection.